All right. It's Easter Sunday. And um, we're podcasting. Easter Sunday. Yeah. I was looking for a, a crown of thorns to put on or something Eastery. I was thinking, how could I find, where could I go to find one of those? Bunny ears. Or bunny ears. Um, I have some of those somewhere. I was like, that'd be a good thing to, to have on during the podcast. But, um, yeah, so we just went to, went and got breakfast. Mm-hmm. Sat around in Calabasas. Yep. And uh, just ate breakfast watching people. Yes. Yeah. A relaxing Sunday. Relaxing. Yeah. Very relaxing. Um, but yeah, just, um, we were talking about Easter and how like growing up, a lot of people only go on Easter to church. Right. right? And, um, was the, the Babylon Bee had an article, uh, let's see this Babylon Bee. It's about people going to church once a year. Creasters. What'd you call it? Creasters. Creasters. What's Christmas that? and Easter oh. goers. Oh, wow. You've never heard that? No. That's oh. a thing? I've heard that before. Creaster. Well, it makes sense. Mm-hmm. Is that usually how uh, people go about their approach to church? It's true. Hmm. I don't know why the internet's not working. Okay, that's great. Well, it doesn't look like it's working. But anyways... So they go, uh, say like, this is, we've, we've gone to Easter Sunday, uh, six years in a row. You know, and the title of the article is, Family of Five Goes to Church on Easter Just in Case God's Real. Just in case. But it is funny. It's like uh, how most people, most people's concept of, uh, of God is just based on punishment. You know what I mean? Yeah. Just punishment. And that's what makes you only do what's necessary. Just yeah. don't beat my ass. Whip it. You know? Jesus is all loving, but will whip. <laughs> beat that ass. If necessary. Yeah. It's fascinating. And we we're just talking about, you know, when you go to... It's like, how can you really be religious when you only go to church... Not only just go to church once a year, but think about what your what your religion is is calling you to do or uh, helping you grow towards. Yeah, I mean, what you can't be you can't really be religious when you only do something once uh, a year or twice a year. Like as far as like just thinking about it. Oh, right. You know, because it's it's not like just going to church once a year is. Is not healthy. You can do that for sure, mm-hmm. but if if you only think about your religion and your religious practices and how it should benefit you when you go, yeah. which is once a year, yeah. now you have a problem. Because we were talking about, like you know, David Bentley Hart said, religion is a virtue. It's right. a, and a virtue is something that you practice, that you embody, that you. Uh, that you use all the time. Like you're working with it. Right. You know, you're using it. A um, guide. What's that? A guide. Yeah, something. Uh, <laughs> I guess a guide. Um, yeah, you use the, the perfect idea of a virtue to be your guide. Yeah. Yeah. And then, uh, but if you only think about it once a year, how how is it helping you? 
You know what I mean? And especially when it's once a year when you go, simply because of the fear of some type of repercussion. Right. It's like, and that's why a lot of a lot of the issue with religion is the judgment uh, inherent in it for some reason. You right. Know? And uh, and people not really explaining that judgment to 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 people properly. You know. Right. It's like. You know, if you could just understand that, like, living a certain, living a very selfish way is not just going to uh, create unnecessary difficulty in your life, but also the life of others. Yeah. If you just be taught that and, like, constantly meditate on that, like, that's, you know, that's how you, that's a healthy understanding of, of uh, doing things that aren't good, right? Right. But most people have it as like, well, I just do this thing so I don't get this punishment. You know what I mean? Right. I'll just do enough. Right. When it's when it's not really it's that's a that's a religion reasons. about you. Yeah. What's that? Doing it for the wrong reasons. Yeah. Yeah. It should be a an overall like desire just to do good because that's the most desirable thing. <coughs> Sorry. Because it's the yeah. it's the most uh mutually beneficial to everybody. Right. And not just mutually beneficial, but like expansive for everyone. Right. But the problem is is to be like that you have to have a relationship with God. That's not just that one day of the year. Yeah. Yeah. Stuff. Stuff. <laughs> Stuff. <laughs> People can't do it. Well, it's it's hard, and that's but that's why it's a virtue. Virtues aren't right. easily accepted or easily embodied. Sure. You know what I mean. Everybody wants to. Uh, everybody wants to be some type of hero in something, right? right. Somebody wants to be a, the hero for their family, their hero for this situation, or um, admirable you know, admired by others for doing something. But it's like, that's, it's hard to do those things. Like everything admirable, worth admiring is difficult to do because of the virtues that you have to embody to become that. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so a part of being a better person is, is an understanding of whatever your religious practices are, and, and meditating on them all the time and trying to, like, embody them. Yeah, I do the, most of that in my car, believe it or not. Right. <laughs> With how much we drive yeah. for work, yeah. it's, that's, that's it, just become my my thing. It's self-reflection, though. Yeah. And you, you cannot... Uh, it, it, it's hard to be conscious of growing into virtue if you're not self-reflective. Yes. You, a lot of people can sometimes, you know, and I think feel like they're just they're the way they're set up is like kind of oriented towards that virtue a little bit more than other people, maybe. You know, uh, like some people come out the womb just very secure and confident, right? You know what I mean? Which can, in many cases, make you less inclined to lie to other people, maybe, maybe. You know? But like, if you come out very insecure and you never, never grow in confidence, then your susceptibility to lying to make yourself feel better or to save face 
is more, I feel like you might be more susceptible to that. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. But self-reflection is so important because that's when you can actually assess, like, am I? Am I? Am I? Like, yeah, you're asking self questions without judgment most of the time. Well, maybe, maybe not. Well, I don't think people ask themselves questions framed in a way that makes them feel like they're not good enough for something, right? right? We were talking about that earlier. It's like most people, you can't have genuine conversations with them and bring up things that maybe they're not doing properly or that make them feel like they're not they're not at the same level yeah. as somebody else. And they shut that conversation down or right. get or get emotional and and respond some way that uh discontinues that conversation. People just don't like the accountability of it. Yeah. That accountability is the only thing that, that makes you grow and it's a very hard thing to right. um to accept because most of the times when you enter, when you encounter some type of accountability from someone else, it's very harsh. Yeah. And it's very de- belittling and demeaning. Mm-hmm. And you feel like shit. So you don't want anyone to do that to you. You know, when they call you out for something, they call you out in a very unhealthy way, a very selfish way for them. Right. You know? Makes the them incons- look better. Yeah, an inconsiderate way. And so, like, you feel that, and you're like, I don't want to be called out by that person again like that. Right. I'm just... I'm going to stay over here. Right. And they might be, they might have been correct, but their approach in calling you out was incorrect. Yeah. It wasn't healthy for, for the the betterment of that person and you. And so then they just like in their own head, they have this monologue where everything I'm doing is okay. Right. Like it's fine. And it's like that from that triggered child perspective, you know? And, um, and then there's no self reflection because to self reflect in order to, in self-reflecting, you realize that you are not uh, always sufficient on right. your own. Like you, there, there needs to be improvement in certain areas. Yeah. Uh, and if you can't, if you don't want to balance the, hey, I'm good enough to keep moving forward, but I've also got things I need to improve on, and I have to do certain things to keep myself accountable there. Yes. If if you're not able to do that, you won't self-reflect. Yes, but that's a very hard thing to do. That's a virtue. Right. It's a virtue to hold two things, two opposite or opposing, kind of conflicting things, and still uh, move forward. But you know what you have to do, and this is a this is the word that theologians use, is faith. Mm-hmm. Faith in a superior consciousness that is that understands reality more than you. Which right. is reality itself. Right. It's hard. God. God. Right. <laughs> yeah. God. Mm-hmm. Not the bearded guy. No, not the man right. on the cloud. Right. So, um, but yeah, and, and, and we're just thinking about that. Like, so many people, and, and it's hard, you know, we're getting at that age, well, I'm older than you. Obviously, you can tell by the weariness on my face <laughs> and the gray in my beard. How hot Courtney is. Oh, God. Um, yeah, I chose well. Um, but no, you're you're more beautiful on the inside, honey. Thank you, honey. That uh, sounds like an episode of Love is Blind. <laughs> God. Anyways. Put a wall. We got walls. 
anyways, um, but yeah, it's it's a it's a very hard thing um, to keep yourself accountable the older you get. Yeah, it, it just seems like it's very easy to. Um, well, people end up pushing people out of their lives yeah. that hold them accountable to certain things because they don't like the way it makes them feel. Yeah, and then, or they have some kind of jealousy for that other person yeah. that they can't get over. Whatever the reason is, they just start to cut people out and surround themselves with certain individuals. And 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 so that was kind of like where we started talking where I was like, you know, um everyone as an adult is really going through life simply on emotional uh feeling reaction. Reaction, yeah. Mm-hmm. To emotional feelings. Yep. Right? To the feelings of certain emotions, I guess. Um, emotional responses. And until you come to an awareness that like, oh shit, that's what I'm doing, then you'll never be able to like uh, uh, change. Right. Or uh, reimagine your, it, the way you respond to certain things. Yeah. You know? But in order, in order to do that, you have to be self-reflective enough to be like, hmm, was I right in acting that way? Right. Can I take a step back and and look at this from a like a bird's eye view and be like, you know what? Maybe I was wrong on that. Right. You know, that's a very hard thing to do, but that's the practice of a virtue. Yeah. It you know, it's it's a it's a constant thing, you know, and that's why religion is a virtue. Right. That is the the practice of religion is holding yourself accountable to something higher than yourself. Yeah. Because it's good for you. Right. <laughs> how, how do you get better at any sport? You hold yourself accountable to put in certain type of work mm-hmm. for in, 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 uh, in order to progress. Right, and get better. Which is good for you. Right. In the sport. Right. So accountability has to be a factor. Yeah. Why would it be any different, you know? That's, that's why, like, sport, like, athletes... Like, you can talk to an athlete about accountability. Yeah. You know? They get it. Especially, you know, obviously, most, most athletes are athletes who started when they were kids. Right. And just it's just like going to school when you don't want to go to school. It's like... You got to go to school. Yeah, you got to go to school. You got to find a way to make it happen. Yes, yeah, it's, it's not the greatest analogy nowadays. No. But for a sport, I mean, there's plenty of times where... I mean, I remember my junior year... Um, no, my sophomore year, where we were wrestling in the first tournament of the season. Uh, we wrestled like five matches in one day, and we were just, we were beating everybody in the third period. Yeah. Because of how hard we were training. Right. Like every team that we wrestled gassed in the third period. And most of our, most of my teammates were getting beat. Um, and then ended up beating the person in the last period. Wow. Simply because of cardio. The other person just gassed. Yeah. And I was like, now I get it. Right. Now I get why we why we run for, we do 30 flights of stairs. We do uh, 15 to 20, um, like, 50-yard dashes. Um. And then we run a mile as hard as we can. Yeah. And then we go wrestle for two two hours live. Right. Now I get it. 
It's for the third period. Got it. <laughs> Got it. And I remember going up to my coach, Bo, mm-hmm. who we we got in three count and who uh, I still stay in contact with. He's got that brewery. Yeah. Um, but I, I went up to him. He was, he was coaching one of our kids, and I just sat down beside him. I was like, and I was just looking around at all the other matches going on, and everybody was gassing. And I was like, I get it now. Like, we're in such better shape. And he was like, I know. Because he grew up, he w- he went to high school in the 90s. Yeah. And my dad used to, you know, know those those kids and help help them out and stuff. And uh, and he was one of them. He was of that generation. My dad used to take one of his teammates to tournaments in the summer with us. So anyways, we, it's the family, right? Okay. It's all interconnected. Yeah. But, uh, but he was like, yeah. He just looked at me like, yep. Mm-hmm. Like, and I mm-hmm. thought he was an asshole. Ah. He was he was just a hard nosed right. dude, and he wasn't going to take shit off some kid. And I did. I just wasn't someone to give shit. Mm-hmm. So like when you came at me, like you had to come at everybody else. It was unsettling because I'm like I'm trying not to right to be that asshole that you always have to deal with. Right? Don't deal with me like an asshole. Right? Um, but he was young, right? So he was like in college, yeah, twenty two, something like that, and um, maybe twenty five. But uh, but yeah, he looked at me like he just knew, and I was like, "Oh yeah, you can never, you can never know how important that accountability is until it's ha- it. You have to use what you've built during all that time in accountability, right? And a lot of people don't don't put themselves in situations where they need virtue to get past a certain dimension of their life. You know what I mean? No, explain that. Like, a lot of people rest on their laurels in life. Yes. Let's say you grew up, you had a nice family life. We were talking about, you know, people right. um, who like upper middle class. Y- you know, you, you you just take for granted what you have. Right. Right. And then when and things when things are a lot easier in life, you don't have to develop certain virtue to, to rise above. What are you rising above? Right. You know what I mean? Um, and so until you, I mean, I think it's one of the hardest things for someone who doesn't have to commit themselves to a life of self-reflection because of financial means. Mm-hmm. You know, they're, they're taken care of. They come from good backgrounds. They were smart enough to continue education and, and get their job and whatever and continue that lifestyle their parents gave them. Right. Um, that's a, that's a very nice thing to be a part of. Right. That system. Yes. Right. Um, that family. Mm-hmm. And when you have that, it it tends to be harder to hold yourself accountable because it's not as hard to have that lifestyle. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, and there's there's there, not many challenges to overcome. Right. Yes. Yeah, and and it's not like you want to seek out more challenges automatically. Sometimes they do, though. Sometimes they do, and that's a great thing. Mm-hmm. But it, it tends to be a very... It's it's not in your first nature. It's not in your nature to seek out that that difficulty if things are taken care of financially. Yeah, but some people also go the wrong route in case of, like, drugs or... Yeah, yeah. Bad vices. True. To get over. Because they have no struggle. They create their own. Yeah. Heard that theory? Yeah. 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 Um, and there's all kinds of reasons why, you know, people 
do drugs and stuff like that. But for sure. Um, but yeah, it just it just seems like um, we were talking about earlier. You know, a, a, a factor of morality seems to be financial. Yeah, you know your what class. I mean. What's that? Your class. Yeah, and your class. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, when your lower class, lower socioeconomic status, it it tends. You tend to uh, you tend to see the reality of if I'm going to get myself out of this in a good way, I have to develop certain virtues. Yeah, I have to live a certain lifestyle in order to to rise above where I'm at. Right. Um, but that doesn't mean that the only way you can be moral is by being in abject poverty. Right, um, but there, but there's an aspect to it. It's like, it's like a lot of people who were never taught how to be strong are scared of strength, you know, and like and envy it, yeah, in many ways because they never had it. And it's like, it's one of those things. Like, if you don't, if you don't ever, um, it's like if you don't develop strength, you don't really have a choice in not using it. Yeah. Because you don't have it. Right? If you're just weak, you can't be strong. You don't have a choice yet. Right. Right? But once you learn how to be strong, and then you choose not to use it, right? Right. Like physical strength, uh, specifically. For sure. You know what I mean? Like, that's why, like, people who learn jujitsu are the least likely to get into an altercation. Right. Simply because they understand combat right and they're like yeah i don't want that i don't want it it's like i I do it two three times a week with other guys in a very controlled setting yep i don't need to do that to someone when i'm walking around right you know what i mean for sure but for people who don't know that they will be seeking that out right to test yeah to test you're always testing am i Mm -hmm. am i am i strong enough can this guy really he thinks he can tell me what to do. I don't think it's am I. I think it's I am. I am strong enough. Oh, for sure. Yeah, yeah. The inflated egos. Yeah. They're just big people that have never been pushed on their ass. Yeah. Yeah. Quite honestly. It's true. And and it's um it's sad because you don't have to be that way. Nah. <laughs> you, you, you really don't. And it's not even that great. It's not nice. It's it's not a, it's not, it's not a uh, fulfilling way to live. Right. You th- you think that testing yourself against people all the time is uh, fulfilling and and gives you identity, but it, it's gratifying to them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But it it really doesn't do much for you at the end of the day. No. Um. But anyways, uh, there's an aspect to. Um, you know, to to strength that is, uh, or to what I was saying about money that you know, morality is. There's something about money that takes into account. You know, it's like you respect. Uh, I was listening to Chris Lingland. He was talking about how Jesus is so uniquely different than Buddha. Like I don't, you know, it doesn't matter what you think about Jesus if he died and rose again, right? Or if he didn't, or if it was a metaphysical, uh, poetic interpretation of you know, of of his life. Whatever doesn't matter. But the fact that he was born in poverty uh, under the Roman Empire, you know, as a lowly carpenter, 
and still gave up everything and, and traveled the country mm-hmm. um, preaching what he was preaching, you know, the gospel. Uh, that's so much more admirable um, even, even, you know, thinking about the stories, like as Jesus was persecuted, he didn't, you know, he didn't try to to persecute others, right? Yeah. He was he was uh, crucified, and he and he said, "God forgive them, for they yeah. know what know what they do." Like that's that's beyond what anybody else could do. Like it's a it's a difficult thing yes. to ask of someone to mm-hmm. be that forgiving and and compassionate. Um, but compared to Buddha, Buddha was a prince, and then he gave up everything mm. and traveled the country and or I think he went to a cave for a few years and said he reached enlightenment and and you know he had a lot of uh, great things to say and mm-hmm. um very uh impactful teachings but it's different it's different than having nothing and still and and, and understanding that like money is uh, like Jesus said you know it's harder for a rich man to enter the gates of heaven than a Campbell to make it through the the eye of a needle. Yeah, you know, um, it's a hard thing for people with money to understand uh, when it comes to like poverty. You just you can't understand. But anyways, that's that's the difference between like Jesus and Buddha is is how they they came into the world. Yeah, Buddha was a prince. Jesus was a a lowly carpenter. Right in Rome. Uh, but anyways, um, but what I was going to say was. Um, damn, I lost my train of thought. The but the the aspect of money, uh, with morality. Yes. Right. Um. That's why you can never you can't get past the gospel. It's because of that. Right. And a lot of people don't don't bring that up. You know. What do you mean? The fact that that Jesus was. The way he was. Oh, right. He didn't make money from it, you know. Right. Um, he didn't have a a rich lifestyle. He wasn't born into a rich family. Right. Um, and I was thinking on our drive home, I was like, it's, it's, it might, I don't know if it's harder, but it is, it feels like it's, it's just as hard to understand if you're poor to understand what being rich is. Right. You know, compared to like, um, Someone who's rich trying to understand what being poor is. Right. It's like, you know, I, I didn't, I thought I, you know, you think you're like, oh, if I was rich, mm-hmm. if I was rich, I could, I could buy this, I could take care of this person, I could help them. Um, but actually the problems of being rich are like, there's problems there. It's like, you know, I can go to Air One today mm-hmm. or I could maybe go to Whole Foods. Yeah. Or, Yeah. Or something like that. It's like, ah, oh, man. Like, yoga uh, or spin. Yoga or spin. <laughs> this is a hard... And then, you know, Jeffrey is coming to spin. Yeah. Should I go with Jeffrey? I mean, Jeffrey is... You know, he his family has, has a lot of influence in this city. Right. You know, and, and he could... He's he's got a, a big future ahead of him. Like I really want to save face with Jeffrey, but then also Samuel is going to yoga. You know, and and, and I don't he, know. And he's already got a profession. Like he's got a career. Like he's he's going to be manager in like a couple years. And right, or he's got his own business. And it's just like oh, you know, 
don't the know options. What to do. The options. The options. Mm-hmm. Options. That's a tough life. It's tough. You know, and you think you can handle it when you're when you don't have it. Yeah. But people people struggle. People struggle with options. Yeah. You know. But then also, like, for someone that is in that lifestyle to understand what it is to grow up like Grace. Yeah. Jeez. Mm-hmm. You know, they, they can't understand that. No, they could never understand that. No. And that's what's so funny is we're in contact with these people, and they are just so out of touch with reality, meaning, in my opinion, majority of our country. Yeah. Like we live in this bubble and they live in a bubble within the bubble. Yeah. And they just don't know. Bless you, Excuse me. Um, they just don't know what the rest of the country is like. Yeah. And other cities and towns. Right. And culture of different areas. Yeah. Yeah. And you, just, you can't. No. Because you just don't you don't know those people. You've never lived there. You've right. never lived you've never lived a day in someone's shoes there. So you just can't you can't understand. But the arrogance yeah. to think that you do. Right. You know, that's that's the problem. Yes. You know. Um Yeah, that's what I was talking with one of my clients about. I was like, the problem is is people don't come into contact with each other face to face. Right. Especially because, of different regions and states right. and because Political if they did, views. it would be very different. Yeah. Yeah. It just would be. I mean, I would love for um, a super outspoken... I would love for Jeff <laughs> to go to somewhere where I'm from, where we're from, mm-hmm. and just start talking like he talks out here. No one's going to back him. No. Now what? Do you just get angry? Right. Do you get angry at other people who just have different opinions? Right. Or do you try to create a relationship? Yeah. I think you'll fold. I think you'll fold and try to try to befriend these people. Right. They're not demon slayers. Yeah. Yeah, they're not throwing the, holy water on everybody. Yeah, they're not this myst- <laughs> mystical cre- mythical creature that you have in your head. Oh you know? god. Yeah. Because I, you know, I had to experience that when I moved out here. Yeah. You know, I had an idea of what uh, a, a the liberal eyed person was was mm-hmm. out here in L.A. And a lot of it's true, <laughs> but then a lot of it is just it, it. Obviously, it doesn't apply to everybody. Yeah. You know what I mean? But you don't know that until you live in it. Yeah, I think it's a lot of misunderstanding, uneducated on certain topics. But you can't tell them that well, I because do. they're the most educated. So your approach. So how can you from the South tell me from L.A. who, who makes a lot of money mm. and is very educated right. what the South is? How, how could I not know? Experience. But I'm smarter than you. It doesn't matter. How many times have you juggled a soccer ball? How many soccer games have you played? But I'm smarter. I could tell you more about soccer because I'm just smarter than you. Then let's put it to the test. Well, so that's... But that's where people... But that's what people don't want to do. Exactly. You know? No, I know. It's just 
my example. No, no, I, I, I am agreeing with you. Yeah. Um, but, but that's that's what it is. I've literally had conversations, and you know this, you have too. Have had conversations with people, mm-hmm. and they say, "Hey, this is what the South is." Right, telling us about the South. And I'm like, "Hold on, how long have you known me?" Right. Where do you think I'm from? Right. Do you think North Carolina is in the North? <laughs> how fucking dumb are you? Right. Like now I can't take you serious. Right. Because you're not taking me serious. Yeah. I am from the South. Yep. And I'm telling you, it is not what you just said. Right. And if you don't want to take, if you don't want to listen to my personal experience, that's fine. Right. But don't act like I don't know what I'm talking about and haven't experienced what I'm talking about. Right. When I, I asked you, it. when I ask you about living in L.A., I never say. Yeah, I'm like. No. No. That could never happen. <laughs> no. That's Why would lie. I do that? Yeah. Why would I do that? I wouldn't. Because I respect you. Right. I understand your experience is different than my experience. Mm-hmm. And you've got a certain knowledge based in that experience that I don't have. So let's have that conversation. Yeah. They don't want to. No. It, but it's not just they as in like liberals. I don't want. Yeah. That happens with Everybody. people. Yeah. That's people. Because I've met a lot of people out here. Who are who grew up liberal, mm-hmm. have liberal leanings that I get along with just fine, right? Got a and lot we can have those with. conversations, yep, because they respect me, right? And I respect them, right? And I'm not creating some boogeyman mm-hmm. out of them based on my opinions of people that in a in a place where that person's from, right? You know, and I think it's good that people are friends with us because we yeah. bring that perspective into the friendship and the conversation and whatever you want to call it. Yeah. Yeah. And so they're not, their definition of a Southerner and their experience of a Southern Christian is different than what the CNN channel told them last week. Right. Yeah. (laughs) So. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. But that's how it should be. Right. But there's just, there's not many people like us out here. Right. So, of course, they're going to think what they're going to think when they only see things on the news. Right. Yeah, and, and like, you know, like when I was talking to that, that trans woman, uh, and she didn't know that I was straight, <laughs> right? Remember? Yeah. Me and Brett were talking to her, and because uh, we were at a gay man's house. Yeah. And the trans woman, I, for, I forgot her name, she came over, and... Started talking to us, bearing her soul to us. Mm-hmm. And she goes, you know, these Trump supporters want me dead. And I went, what? <laughs> I said, huh? And I'm trying to Damn. rack my brain. I was like, was there any moment where I heard somebody say they want trans people dead? Died. Yeah. I've just never, heard, you know, and I, and I follow like conservative media pretty closely. Yeah. And I don't, I don't think I've ever heard that. No, nobody's calling for death. Yeah. Nobody's calling for violence. Nobody. Not that I'm watching. I've, I've never, I've <clears throat> never seen uh, a hard nosed conservative dude go on, <laughs> on Fox and be like, "We gotta kill them trans." Right. <laughs> we gotta kill them trannies. Right. I've just never, I've never seen that. Yeah. I think what happens is, and and this is what seems to be. What happens is people don't agree, right, with certain actions. Yeah. 
and thus and and then the reporting on that disagreement is reported as if it's violence right against those people well they don't think that uh what you're doing is right and they don't want their kids around you which means they're trying to get you out of their kind of cut you out of the the out of society and that's violence they're right. going to come at you and and they hate you and when you talk, start talking to somebody like that and getting them riled up, they're going to believe it. They're going to, th- yeah, they're going to start being in panic mode and fearing some type of uh, physical altercation or right. something like that. And or a group of people. Yeah. Yeah. So it just um, when she when she said that, I was like, dang, I've ne- I'd never thought they thought that. Yeah. I'm just like that's that's crazy. News to me. Yeah, that's news to me. Yeah. And then when she realized that we were straight, she's like, well, y'all are gay. Y'all get it, right? And I'm like, and we're like, no. Nah. And Brett's nah. like, straight as fuck. <laughs> Real deep. Straight as fuck. <laughs> I, I was like, mm. I had to hold my laugh in. Oh, but then she was like, oh, oh. It was almost like she was like, it was a glitch in the matrix. Hold on. Yeah. I, fuck, I just had an open conversation yeah. with two guys who were straight. Right. Straight white males? Yeah, straight white males. Oh, my God. <laughs> with with conservative leanings? Brain explodes. That's great. And, I, and, and we, were just, we were just trying to get to know the person. Right. And we were just trying to get to know her. She wanted to talk. We were listening. Yeah. That's all she wanted to do was talk, talk. about herself. Keep it up. Right. Tell me more. Mm-hmm. I'm fucking fascinated. <laughs> yeah. Your collarbone structure is fascinating. Strong. Strong. Yes. Stuff. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I mean, and we had a great conversation. Good. You know? I know. It's just silly. It is silly. It's just silly. People need to be better than letting the government use us against each other. Yeah. To create a divide. Right. Like, if you can't see through that, it's like, come on. Right. Right. Come on. Yeah, I mean, you you need to. Here's the thing, right? If you want, if you want to understand someone with differing viewpoints, right, you need to be friends with them. Well, that's the thing is, you either need to decide: are you a part of the divide, right, or are you a part of the solution? Yeah. And the solution doesn't mean you have to be actively going out and protesting and doing stuff. It just means that you need to be willing to be around people who don't have the same views as you. Yeah. And maybe having those conversations at some point through your friendship yeah. to better understand that individual and but, not demonize them. Right. But you got to respect that person as a person first. For sure. Right. So that's it, right? You want to understand other people with differing viewpoints, You have different opinions and viewpoints. You have to be friends with those people. Yep. But you also have to be willing to see past the differences and see the similarities to be friends with that person. Right. And not hold the differences above that person's head. That's what we can't do, right? That's what is hard to do. Yeah. Not that we can't do it, but I'm just saying that that's what the majority of people don't do that needs to be done in order right. to get to know someone of differing opinion. Right. Yeah. I just let people come to their own conclusions, you know? Yeah. Like, I don't ever feel like I'm judging but i'm waiting for them to make their assessment yeah on how they want to treat me yeah you know but i'm always friendly yeah 
but everybody makes a, a choice. Yeah. Yeah, it is funny when when I, uh when someone finally hears the southern accent mm-hmm. and they're like They do the head. Is that Where are you accent? from? Where are you from? Where are <laughs> you from? That's Where it. Where are you from? Yeah, it's always like that. Mm-hmm. That is true. Mm. Where are you from? I know you. I know you now from that yeah. accent. Yeah. I know everything about you. And you're like, "You do?" Yeah. Tell me. Yeah. Tell me. And then they're always wrong. It's always the old guys that work out at the gym that would ask me that. Really? Yeah. Because I think <laughs> because I was Southern, they thought maybe I was stupid mm. or easy to like manipulate. flirt and manipulate. Yeah. And I would welcome it. I'd be like, talk yourself into a hole. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know? So yeah. But just never gave them an inch. Yeah. It was always... Business, fitness. That's why I respect you so much, honey. Like most women won't do that. You know, attention. They need that attention. It's an attention thing. But most women have had attention their whole life. Yeah. And so they seek that attention. And if they don't have that attention, because it became their identity. Right. Then something's wrong. And that's sad. But. Yeah. It's a choice. Yeah. Do some self-work. Focus on some other people and you won't be so focused on yourself. Yeah. I think that's why we are the way that we are because we've had to focus on other people in our life before but also not let our own shit go at the same time and come to a conclusion of like what we can and can't do for people. Yeah. If that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. There's a as a part of like suffering in the the care for others that's needed to find a better balance of care for yourself. Yeah, but most people never seek out any discomfort when thinking about someone else or giving time to someone else yeah. until they're in a relationship. Yeah, and it could be any kind of relationship. It could be a a sibling relationship, family relationship. What I'm saying is they don't do those relationships. I'm saying most people don't care about those relationships. They only start thinking about someone else when they're in a, a romantic relationship. Sure. But but I think what I what I was saying was you have it seems like you have to care about other people in the in your family, it, as of your friends, you know. Mm-hmm. Um to a point of where you suffer a little bit. Yeah. You know, you like you put their their uh their uh happiness in front of your own. Right. In an unhealthy way until you're like, okay, I got to reel this back. I got to put some more time on me and you find the balance. Right. A lot of people aren't willing to once they're done wrong by one person where they they show too, too much attention and that person takes advantage, they're like, fuck that, I'm just taking care of me. Right. And then there's no there's no uh, give growth in that yeah give and take. It's just take. It's just take. Yeah. 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 Takers. Takers. You got to be like the whole. The best example is the communication. You know what I mean? If you've got friends that reach out to you, that check in on you, shoot you text. Hey, thinking about you. How you doing? Occasionally. 
and you've known that person for a long time, those are the people that you want to keep around. Yeah. It's the people that are like, no, we're friends, and then never contact you. Yeah. Never check in. Like, how are you supposed to be close and be friends with this person if you never check in with this person or like communicate? Yeah. You know what I mean? I don't think you can. I don't think you can. That's yeah. where that accountability stuff comes in. Yeah. Of like, you're holding yourself accountable to talking. do your end of the friendship. Yeah. 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 It's not just a one way street. You got to reach out. I don't know. I don't know why that's a hard concept. Like these people are like, well, I can, we can't talk for six months and then we'll get together and it's like we never left. And I'm like, that's fine, but that's not like a close relationship to me. Yeah. It's a friendship. Sure. But like, if I'm like a close friend to somebody, I'm not going to go six months without talking to them. Yeah. Right. Unless they start doing that to you. Right. For a while and you're like, okay, I got it. Yeah, when, it's, it. when I've done it for so long and then it's not reciprocated, you're like, oh, okay, well, if that's what it's like, then fine. Right. But that proves what I was. my point was. Yeah. is like you've got to put yourself in a uncomfortable position and almost a position of suffering in a way where like you're, you're putting too much into a relationship yeah. and care for someone else. Right. And not getting it and you're like, oh, okay, I got to dial this back. Right. But find that healthy balance. Yeah. Because, you know, you're going to have friends, right? We've got those friends that won't contact you. Yep. And then you'll get up randomly or see each other randomly and be like, hey, what's up? And you just like, cool, you're you're cool again. Everything's fine. Right. Um, but then you have friends who you stay in contact with week on a weekly basis. Right. And those are just different people. Yeah. You know, that they just... They go about friendship differently. Right. You know, and I feel, I feel like it's good to have friends in all categories of, uh, of that sure. spectrum. Sure. You know what I mean? Because, because some people, it's kind of like um, people can only love based on the love they were shown. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's like, yeah, some people, this is it. This is the best type of, of friendship they can give. Yeah. And and when they give it, it means a lot to them. You know, when they see you in six months or when they text you every six months, you know, like that's actually big for them. Yeah. But for other people, it's like, dude, like you, we should be staying in contact. Like, you know. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, how are you like if I'm invested in a friendship, if I, if I have a friend and they're doing something, I'm invested in what they're doing because I am their friend. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. Wedding. I'm invested in the wedding. I want to help. I want to be a part of everything that I can be. Be of service to my friend. Yeah. Right. Um, building a business. I want to talk with you about it. I want to help you in ways that I can help you bring value in some, some capacity, even if it's just emotional support or psychological support as you're stressed or whatever it is. Like you got to, again, do something in the friendship. Yeah. Show up. Yeah. Spend time. It's a time thing. Yeah. I feel like time and energy thing. Yeah, it's a you've got to I mean I'm not saying I'm not going to say you constantly have to think about them, but part of friendship is being concerned for them, which takes your time and your energy for someone else. Yeah. Someone else's well-being. Right. That you care about. Right. Yeah. And so that goes back to the first thing that we were talking about 
when it comes to religion. Mm-hmm. People show up one day a year on Easter. Mm-hmm. I'm religious today. And it's like, why? Because you, you thought maybe something bad could happen? Right. It's like, why did you reach out to that friend after not reaching out to them for like a year? Oh, because you do value them and you, you don't want to lose that. Right. But it took you all year to realize that? Mm-hmm. You mean you just haven't been meditating and thinking about other people right. on a continual basis because you're just, you're really consumed on yourself. And I get it. Yeah. But that can only, that can only allow a certain amount of expansion in your life. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting. Like through the last couple of years of work, it's been interesting for me to have conversations with people that I didn't really have conversations with because I was in school. So it was people my age. And then I was in college, which were like people still around my age. And then after college, I go into the workplace where I'm talking to people who are in their 40s, 50s, 60s, some of them. Yeah. A lot of my clients, right, all on a spectrum. I'm like, wow, okay. These are all new conversations. Yeah, we're really, we are really blessed. Yeah. In the, in, in the ability to connect and, and talk on a level playing field, for the sure. most part. We try. For the most part. Yeah. As a trainer, mm-hmm. with people of all ages and all types of socioeconomic statuses. Yep. All and races, all genders. Religious backgrounds. Religious backgrounds. All of them. Yeah. It really is a blessing. Yeah. And you don't... And if I were to think about what we get to do now on a daily basis and try to tell myself what that's like to myself when I was 27, when I moved out here, mm-hmm. driving a bus on the graveyard shift, mm-hmm. getting talked down to by random people, you know, getting off the airport at LAX. I could never explain that. Yeah. I could never explain that. It's something that you you can only experience and and know through experience. You know. Yeah. What did Andre Leno say? Hell is repetition. Whew. Yeah. Not true. What did you take from that? Equinox. <laughs> <laughs> Training. That's a viral, viral TikTok right there. Uh, it's just, you know, doing a session. Yeah. Waking up, the ass crack of dawn, session, 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 workout, session, go home. Probably could have done more, but like as you're building, and then once you're so fucking busy, you don't have the time to do anything else. Yeah. So you're stuck. And then you're like, oh, go into management. <laughs> No, but it was cool because, like, you know, you meet a whole other slew of people on that side of the business. Right. You get all that education. And, like, we're opening a new gym. Yeah. So it's been cool to, like, see that progression. Right. But, um, yeah, talking to these people and learning how to communicate in a way that people are surprised. I love surprising people. Yeah, it is fun now, right? Yeah. You're like, oh, you thought, but then I, 
one of one of my clients said it best, and I didn't know this. And he was like, "No, Courtney, people people think trainers are stupid." Yeah. And I was like, (laughs) (laughs) "What? They do?" And he's like, "Yeah, like people just think that they're like these attractive young people, dummies who have nothing really else to do, and they just got into training." Right. I was like, "Wow, horrible." But okay, yeah, yeah, makes a lot of sense now. Yeah. Why I've had comments from clients before, right? You're so mature. You handle yourself so well. You're yeah. 23. Yeah, you're this. You're that. Yeah. Yeah. How old are you? <laughs> 43, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. What's your point? Yeah. So, it's fascinating. Yeah. So, but it's been a great experience. <laughs> I think that's one of the coolest parts of our job. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, I'm not trying to toot our own horn, but, you know, um, being uniquely different, not in like I'm special or I'm better than you kind of a way, but like I've never tried to be like everyone else. Yeah. And you haven't either. No. And, um, you know, we're just two retarded people in a relationship. <laughs> Figuring it out. Figuring it out. But uh stepping in blind. Yeah. <laughs> it's me pushing you yeah. over the edge. <laughs> you figure it out. I think we're good that way. <laughs> um But no, it's like, you know, you don't realize that like living trying to live your life and not be a follower actually has benefit. Yeah. Um when you're older and you meet people outside of that group that you were in. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. Because when we came out here, like growing up in high school and in college, I, people thought that I was weird amongst who we were growing up with, right? Right. Um, but they were very similar to me. Southern, if you thought about politics, conservative, mm-hmm. Christian, mm-hmm. but still, I was weird to them because we were just we just had a different way of approaching that. Yeah. And then when you come out here and you and you interact with people who are completely the opposite of you, mm-hmm. you stand out to them way more, right? I mean, they, they see your uniqueness, I guess what I'm trying to yeah. say. They see your uniqueness um, blatantly obvious yeah. compared to people that you were raised with, yeah. people you grew up with. That's That was interesting to witness out here. For sure. It's almost it's it's a very empowering thing. Yeah. When you realize like someone someone realizes like, oh, you're different. Like like Joe and I, Lombardi, we were talking about something and um we were talking about something I think it was political and I was like he was like, Yeah, people think this and I'm like, Right. And and we both didn't agree with it. Yeah. Right? But I was like, but to understand why people do agree with it, this is what you have to know. Like, they think this is this. And so when you do think this is this instead of that, well, then your conclusion is going to be this. Right. So you understand that. And he's like, oh, yeah. And he was like, wow. He's like, "I, I finally get you. He was like, 
you try to look at both opinions mm-hmm. the same way. And I'm like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah I, I, I'm trying to understand why they think that, not just what they think. Right. Why is way more important than what? Sure. Right. I could I could think that this is purple. And you'd be like, it's fucking black. Like, yeah. Like, I don't care what you think it is. It's black. Moving on. Right. Or you could ask, why do you think that's purple? Like, well, you know, I got hit in the head one day by my (laughs) older brother when we were fighting over a toy truck, Mm -hmm. and everything black turned to purple. And it's just been like that ever since. And you're like, whoa. And then we get on Google and we're like, uh, sight change. Uh, you concussion. see the bl- color black from <laughs> concussion. <laughs> Multiple concussions. <laughs> Early childhood trauma due to physical abuse. Could result in color blindness. In color blindness. Yes. Way more fascinating, right? And you get to know that person way more mm-hmm. by trying to understand why they think something rather than just what they think. Sure. And then he was like, oh, wow. And I was like, yeah, like... <laughs> And he was like, no, I get it now. Yeah. Because he was able to follow my the logic in a viewpoint that he did not understand understand or even have. Right. He opposed that viewpoint. Yeah. Right. And I did too. But I was like, well, let's think about it. Why do these people? And so that it was, it was interesting. And I was like, yeah. And I realize that most people don't try to do that. Right. Because it's a very hard thing to do because you, you almost feel like justifying a viewpoint that is opposite of yours, is giving it the validity of truth. Sure. You know, the validation, the stamp of approval of truth. Mm-hmm. And it's not. It's not, but but in order to understand your own viewpoint more, yeah, you have to understand the opposing viewpoint more. Right. Right? That it just, you have to. Yeah. It doesn't make... It doesn't take away. I think that's what people feel, yeah, like, and, and think that it could do, but it doesn't. You know, right? Understanding why someone thinks that abortion is okay, yeah, is very important to understanding your opinions on why you think abortion is not okay, right? Right, and it really, it really comes down to: I don't think this is a human life, right? Thus, it, it is not murder. Right. Oh, okay, got it. Got it. My viewpoint over here is, it seems like it's a human life. It's murder. Yeah. Oh, okay, cool. So we're just a, we're disagreeing on if it's life or not. Is it conscious or is it not conscious? Or if it's justified by the mother. Or right. Not. Or yeah, like the, the rights of her to be able mm-hmm. to eliminate this is more important than the life. Right. Of this person. That's the real. Right. Yeah. So if, if that's what we're talking about, okay, cool. Now, you, you do have to be willing to change your opinion, possibly. Right? Oh, no. <laughs> no. That might happen. Mm. But that can only improve your... Uh, Argument. Well, no. Right. But it can only improve your relationship with reality. Sure. Because every every time you come to a truth, you're improving your relationship with reality. Right? Yeah. I mean, if you had a mask on, right, if you had a veil on, 
and I never saw your face until we were married. Our, ma- our wedding night. Mm. Love is truly blind. I've not seen the lower half <laughs> of her face. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> oh, <laughs> baby. Give me some snicker. So anyways. Yes. Um, damn, I lost my point. So, but yeah, but if I've never seen your full face until our wedding night, and then I see your full face, I know you more. Mm-hmm. Now, I might not like what I get to know. It's unfortunate. But... I do know you more. Sure. And that is beneficial to me. Yeah. Right? And to that other person. Right? It's going to deepen your relationship. Yeah, it can. Yes. But there's a possibility that it might end that relationship too. Yeah. And I think that's what... Love is blind. Love is blind. Love is blind. Yeah, so we're waiting on the weddings. The weddings are coming up. It's not looking good. Yeah. That's all I can say. That bad, huh? Yeah. I think um, Brett and... I uh, can't remember the, the black woman's name. Um, anyways, I think... The one that came it. back. The one that came back. No? What about that guy that was um, curly black hair? Zach. Yeah. Yeah, him and Bliss. I think right. they're going to go through That was the girl that came it. back, right? I think they're going to do it. They think they're going to get married? I think they seem pretty... Nice. Solid. Could be wrong. I don't know. We'll see. Uh, Kwame. Kwame. And He's gonna drop that Chelsea. Girl. I, I feel it. I He's going to say no, you I think? think it's, yeah. I think she's going to say yes, and he's going to say no. Yeah. His mom's approvals. Everything. Is everything, but also his way out. A hundred percent. Yeah. It's like, my mom, you know. Couldn't I gotta, do it. Couldn't follow say, through. She didn't give me her stamp of mm-hmm. approval. For sure. Yeah. And then uh, Micah and uh, Paul, curly-haired guy, blonde, long blonde-haired girl that right. was flirting with Kwame on that one episode, one of the very first episodes. Oh, she was flirting with Kwame? Yeah. At the pool? At the pool, remember? Oh, because she wasn't picked. No, she was picked with Paul, with her current fiancé. Oh, mm-hmm. dang. Yikes. So... But Paul's kind of this like nerdier kind of guy. She's this like blonde haired woman, kind of like his mom. Mm. Very similar, like his mom. They met and then it was like, oh. Oh, really? It's his mom. Yeah. Oh, shit. It's his mom. Got it. So, yeah. I don't know. I think they'll go through with it or she's going to say no. Yeah. Because I don't know that he is as masculine as she wants. Domineering. Yes. Not as domineering as she wants. Yes. Isn't that fascinating? I don't know. We'll see. Yep. I mean, when you... Go ahead. No, that's it. Oh. I think, unless there's another couple. I feel like I'm missing one. Um, well, yeah, because... Uh, Marshall and, oh, what's that girl's name? Long, curly, blonde. Kind of mixed girl. Can't remember. Anyways, she was engaged to Marshall. and She left him for the, for the other guy mm. at the coffee shop. Got it, got it, got it. While he was fitting for his suit for the wedding. Yeah. She was sucking face. Awesome. What? <laughs> 
Next level. And then he said that he wanted the ring back, and she said no. <laughs> you ain't getting his ring back. Literally. So, so what? So she's and, like demanding to no, stay with him? she was just like, no, I'm going to keep the ring because you gave that to me, <sighs> and you meant what you said, and blah, 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 blah. And he was just like, okay, well, I hope every time you look at that ring, you think of me. And I was like, damn, you're a bitch. Oh, my God. Marshall, come on, dude. She wanted to keep the ring. Yep. And she did. So, And she did. So, all right. It, what do you do in that situation? Do you wear that ring all the time? You would never wear it. If you did, you'd wear it on the other hand or on a different finger. But then how weird. Yeah, like you have to explain that all the time. You're going to sell it. Yeah. You're going to get money for it. For sure. That's what's messed up. Mm-hmm. Like, I, for sure you're not. I mean, what kind of a fucking psycho collects engagement rings from fiancés that it didn't work out with? I mean. Like, if you do it once, might as well do it again. You might be surprised. What if there is a chick out there that just collects engagement rings from you know, duped guys? You know that exists. There has to. It's got to be a... There's got to be a chick out there. Tag her. <laughs> Tag her. Tag her. We want to talk to her. We know one of you know somebody who what does What do you this. got? Three? You got five? Level playing field is five and up. Yeah. Don't even come to me if you ain't got five or up. Yeah. You ain't true. You ain't true. That's not good. It is funny, though. You mentioned the um, the girl being like his mom. Yeah. Isn't it, isn't it interesting how you unconsciously seek out uh, characteristics that are similar to your parents. Well, but that goes back to what I was saying at breakfast about being raised by certain people. Yeah. You know, if like that, those are your examples of that gender. Yeah. Male, female images in your life as during your upbringing. Yeah. And then you create prejudice or beliefs or admiration for certain character traits and certain types of people. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And then that's how you kind of build your own ego and personality. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think a lot of people who who see, like, let's say a woman, or let's say a man in, in this case, like a man who is admirable as a man, who a lot of women find admirable as a man, who a lot of men find admirable, admirable as a man. And then let's say a lot of men aren't aren't like that. They're not physically strong and power, powerful mm-hmm. or or adequately intelligent. You know, maybe they're weaker. Yeah. You know, maybe they're maybe they're smarter. Yeah. Maybe their IQ's higher. Mm. Um but then they're it's almost like they're envious of that type of man that people admire yeah, because of that admiration. Right. And they're like, well, I don't have to be like that to be important. You know, it's like, yes, this is true. You don't have to be like that person. And then it's like something happens where you're like, well, I'm going to go against all ideas of, of what a man is. Yeah. And it's like, is this for you or is it for... Yeah. Is this is this how you really feel? Right. I feel like a lot of that's out of insecurity. You know? Or hatred of some kind. Yeah. It's like you can be a man and not be like John Wayne. Right. Or John Wick. John Wick. 
You know, you, you can still be a man. That A man is genetic. Right. You know, and, and, and there's all kinds, there's a spectrum of masculinity, of, of male. Right. You know? Right. But it's all based in biology. Because science matters, right? Sure. Yeah. No. Not today. Okay. But you, but you, it's like the more you understand about being a man, the more you understand about being a person, the more you understand about being itself. Yeah. There's levels to being. I also think there's just characteristics that aren't gender specific. Right. That yeah. people. Both, both genders can have. Right. But we don't see it that way. Yeah, some people don't, yeah. And so they're like, oh, well, if you're like this, then you must be this. Right. It's like, you know, pigeonhole that? Yeah. I don't like that. Yeah. Yeah, and like a lot of men are are told to be non-emotional, emotionless. Right. And always have the answer. And if you don't have the answer, make the other pe- person feel dumb. Mm. Because that's the only that's the only option when you don't have the answer and you have to feel better. Right. What, are you going to feel bad all day? You don't have the answer, and you're just going to be sad? No. Make someone else feel lower. Right. Make someone else feel insecure. So you create that, right? Oh, yeah. That's mm-hmm. not healthy. No. You don't have to be that as a man. No. That's a that's a type of man. I mean, that's, that would be awesome if you knew everything and you were... Right. Patient. And- yeah, you don't have... But, but maybe you're not. Okay, cool. Just work with what you've got. Right. Just like if you're a woman and you're not overtly motherly or, or like uh, attention seeking, feminine, or, you energy. know, just ah, oh, just uh, just mm-hmm. off the wall, very, you know, like that, feminine, yeah, feminine, yeah. <laughs> um, that doesn't mean you're not a woman, right? You know, right. But you have to understand your expression of female. Yeah, a man has to understand his expression of maleness. Sure. So that he can understand a female more. Like you were talking, like, in order to understand yourself, you have to understand a female and thus reflect on yourself and be like, okay, we are different. I do this and she does that. And then you get to know yourself more and you get to know the other gender more. Mm -hmm. And then you understand personhood more. Sure. And the the similarities between male and female. Yep. You know, and then we're people, yeah. we're human beings, and we share similarities, but then we also have our uh, delineations, our differentiations. Yeah. And that's okay. As it should be. Right. We should have differences. And and those differences and those delineations show, uh, it, it allow you to see reality for what it is. Mm-hmm. Not everything is the same same. Things are the same, but different, mm-hmm. you know, and um, that's a good thing yeah. because now you're you're being informed by reality and not getting upset at it, right? And demanding it to change or demanding that there was a mistake here, you know. For sure. We're just rehashing what we were talking at breakfast about. It's a long ass breakfast. <laughs> If anybody's watching this and just thinking that I'm an asshole that loves to hear himself talk, that could be true. <laughs> it could be true. 
but it also is a way for me to get my thoughts out in dialogue. Mm-hmm. Like I know I go on rants, but I do, I do allow people to talk back. Yeah, this you was know? a similar situation at breakfast, except I just had a cappuccino. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and then this, yeah, and then the. <laughs> but that's why I'm with you, honey, because you can yeah. take that. <laughs> you can take it. <laughs> I love your rants. Well. Yeah, I mean, most people can't handle that. Yeah, no. I just let you go. Man, where's he going with this one? Oh, he went left. He went left. Okay. (laughs) All right. So let's go down. He went left. He went right that time. Okay, cool. All right. No, I appreciate it. I know. Um, And and that brings up, I guess the last thing we can call this, but we were talking about, um, you know, if someone were to ask you, someone were to ask you, how do you find... Someone to marry. Because, uh, you know, you're watching Love is Blind, and I was talking, I was listening to Chris Langan talk about how he found his wife. Right. Chris Langan, highest IQ ever recorded. And um, his wife, he found his wife from, I guess, a chat room or a group of other people who have high IQs. Yeah. I guess that's a barrier to entry in there. Yeah. Uh, you got to be fucking smart. <laughs> and, uh, and so they they met, and he was like, "Because I always found found high, uh, intelligence attractive." Yeah. But what he does is probably something similar. I'm not saying uh, my IQ is anywhere near his, <laughs> but in order for him to come to the conclusions that he does in yeah. his studies on metaphysics and, and physics, right, is he's got to bounce those ideas off somebody. For sure. And if you can't bounce some ideas off of the person that you're with like if you're that you're married to mm-hmm. if they don't respect you enough to allow you to just kind of talk that's not going to work out for you and you're not going to be able to expand into who you are right and so back to that question how do you find someone to 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 be with or to to partner with and to seek for marriage mm-hmm. if you want to get married is is uh is find someone who is who's who would support uh the life that you want to live yes you know what i mean and it's like if you want to live a life where you have open discussions and get to go on rants with the person you're with then you got to find somebody that you're able to do that and respects you for it and doesn't like oh god yeah eh." yeah you know but yeah. you, but I, you know, we were talking about somebody I recently met that her his wife was like that, and I'm just like, how does that? You know, that's not. Well, they must have other guy friends. Yeah, that they are. Bouncing but that's these ideas off of. But that's what guys do, right? Right. They'll make an exception for their wife. Their wife's compartmentalized yep. over here, and then they have their guy friends to like cultivate who they are. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> and then when they're sad and lonely or whatever, their wife is like. Well, hey, baby, mm-hmm. and they provide that, right? But then everything, you know, the coddling. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Damn, Ain't no coddling over here. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> only a little. <laughs> That's that feminine energy bullshit that people. You must be nurturing. I'm yeah. nobody's mama. <laughs> Ain't nobody's mama. You know. Yeah. If I wanted to have children, I would have children. 
Yeah. And as a woman, you're supposed to look for somebody, I think, that's strong. That's that masculine energy, you know? Yeah. So if you're not getting that, you got to get that. Yeah, you got to get that. But yeah. Um, but anyways, yeah, you got you to gotta find somebody that is in support of the lifestyle you want to live. Sure. You know, and I think a lot of a lot of people don't know what lifestyle they want to live. You know, and the only way you can kind of have an understanding of that is by witnessing your parents do it. Yeah. You know, because you're going to be very similar to your parents, one of your parents Mm -hmm. or similar to somebody in your family. You know, like you hear all the time, you know, people say you're just like your uncle or you're a lot like your grandpa. Mm -hmm. You might not be like your dad. But you have a certain sim- a personality similar to somebody in your family. Yeah. It seems, you know? Sometimes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, and so you, when you get to witness them interact with somebody healthy, you're like, oh, okay. Maybe I find someone similar to that. Right. But then if you don't see a relationship that's healthy, then you don't know how to look for it and you don't know what to look for. Yeah. You don't even know what type of life you want or should want to live. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. Anyways. Yeah, honey. We talked out. You got to write a book or something. Jeez. <laughs> the thoughts. The thoughts. The thoughts. This is our casual Sunday morning brunches, folks. This is Easter. This is Easter brunch. Happy Easter, everybody. <laughs> Go down the bunny hole. I love you. Thank anyway. you. All right. I love you.